0: Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary.
1: I'm Marie Phillips.
2: I'm Jenny Tabor.
0: Thank you so much for joining us here at the Accounting and Finance Show in Los Angeles. Yay! The LA Convention Center. Yes, that's what that background noise is. We're yep. here on the floor, and we're uh, this conference is competing with the uh, what the citizenship um, <laughs> thing that they do here with like. Twenty thousand people. So I was walking into the convention center, and I'm like, "Wow, there's so many people coming to the accounting show." And then they all go the other way to the citizenship <laughs> ceremony. Big
3: ceremony. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we should take our portable rig and go over there and ask everybody uh, as an additional question. Like, what is advisor? Where <laughs> going with this. You're exactly. Where
1: I was going with this. What do you want to do as a job when you're an American? Do
0: you yeah. want to
2: be an accountant? Yeah. Here are the ways you can do it.
0: That's right. Shall we just uh, jump into the news here? We we
3: did get a review. Okay. Um, Do you want me to read that review? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so this review is uh, another five-star review. Thank you. Required listening. If you're an accountant, bookkeeper, or basically anyone who works in the accounting industry, you should be listening to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Blake and David curate the latest industry news in engaging and efficient manner that will absolutely keep you in the know within your profession. And this is from uh, Kenji Kuramoto, who actually we interviewed. Episodes back, yeah. So, thanks he, a uh, lot, Kenji. He, he wrote a review. He must have listened to his own episode and got excited and wrote <laughs> us a five-star review. So, we did get a review this week.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, so, w- w- what should we start with this week, David? What's top of mind for you? Um, I I
3: caught up on the airplane flight a little bit.
0: Insync uh, had their outage. Oh yes, Insync so was um, uh, going on. This for is a not while the band. This not is, the band. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not actually sure how you pronounce it. It's spelled what i n i n S Y N Q. Okay, so it could be in sync. Sounds right. If so, I'll see if I can splice any of that into the background of this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doesn't sound like they're in sync with what they need to be doing.
0: Oh, I'll, sound, I'll <laughs> do a, definitely do a sound effect for that. We can talk about that. There's also a, a TurboTax into it. Free file is back in the news. That okay. that just Came never back. seems to end. ProPublica is still on the on the on the march about that. Uh, I think Jenny, you've got something about the four day work week. Four day
2: work week. Mm-hmm. And
0: Marie was. Some exciting this? survey about who works remotely and who doesn't. Okay. All right. Well, uh, why, don't, why don't we get started? What do we want to do first? How about how about NSYNC? NSYNC. What happened with them?
3: Let's do that. Um, you always know we've crossed the new line when Krebs on security is covering the accounting industry. Right. We, yeah. Because there'd be no reason for them to co- cover us unless there's a security problem. So InSync went down. They get hit by the same ransomware attack that hits. Um, C C H,
0: well, earlier so, uh, yeah similar similar type of similar, thing yeah. It's
3: at, uh, you talked about it. You you did the research a couple weeks back. It's called
0: I, I don't know. There's different names for these viruses, right? But they they get in and there's there's two different kinds. Um, one is ransomware, where it like locks up your computer and uh, uh, encrypts it and demands payment in Bitcoin in order to unlock it. And then there's just like generic malware, which gets in there and tries to like steal people's information, right? Which of course you know accounting. Software is a is a great target for that, right? So this was a ransomware attack specifically. This
3: is a ransomware attack and they pulled everything down, but they just didn't pull down the servers, right? That people didn't have access to. They wound up shutting down apparently their Twitter account because they were getting angry tweets at them and they didn't want to have to deal with it. So it's uh it, it's exact opposite of the example we talked about last week when the IRS an uh, IRS, the Australian tax, tax right, office office, they shut their website out of problem. They had a an outage and they were very proactive on Twitter communicating to everybody so it's the exact opposite thing that happened here and it goes I think um, who had the CCH had they didn't communicate properly when they had right. an outage yeah
0: yeah
2: that that really affected us in a bad way it oh, was yeah. down for I, I'm in tax now so it was it was down for a good three days the
3: CCH outage yes okay. the
2: CCH outage and there was very little communication about that we had no idea when it was coming back when you're in the middle of it it's yeah. panic-inducing because you have no idea.
0: And, and you had and some deadlines coming up, It was right before too, right?
2: the May 15th deadline.
0: Right. So how are you getting appraised of, like, how did you know it when it was going to come online? Or, or were you just waiting? Like
2: Googling. So, Googling so, for info. That's crazy to on me. On Accounting Today.
0: Because, like, you're at Armanino. Yeah. And that's a... Like, largest California-based firm, yep. right? Full disclosure, I used to work there with you, Jenny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, like, to me, that's insane that CCH wouldn't have some person, like, calling every hour to update you. I don't know.
2: There was, there was something that happened this week where there was an update over the weekend. So yesterday, when we got into work, uh, the the update wasn't installing properly. And it was happening... Apparently not just us. It was Yeah, our firm as
1: well Nationwide. Got, was down for like oh, no. two to three days. Wow, I didn't even hear about it. Over the that. weekend oh. and then early this week.
2: Yeah. So uh, eventually it it we got the updates, but I was like, I can't get into my tax app.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's that's very frustrating.
3: So this went yeah. down on last Tuesday on the sixteenth. They notified everybody on the nineteenth. And then even as this morning... So you're, you're as, talking about the NSYNC attack. The NSYNC attack, yeah. Right. And even as this morning... Oh, I lost the tweet. Uh, people were not able to get in.
1: It, QuickBooks, right? Because it's and the QuickBooks, QuickBooks online provider. Hosted, yeah. QuickBooks, sorry. That's who they QuickBooks, are, right? QuickBooks desktop hosted, yeah. yeah.
0: This to me is so, it's so crazy that in 10 years, the conversation has shifted from like, uh, is QuickBooks online or is online, is cloud accounting secure to now... We're questioning the security of desktop because these hosted solutions aren't secure. And what? Why? Why is that? Why? Why are the hosted solutions? Why can't they? I don't know what the why is. I just
3: think like, if you have a firm and you are, the whole point of using these hosted solutions is to outsource your IT department because right. supposedly, and if you can go to InSync's blog post, you can go to InSync's website. They twenty four seven security experts monitoring everything. And so you're paying a premium to outsource this to somebody, to machines that you're getting hacked. Right. So what's the point? You might as well just go true SaaS, true cloud.
0: Well, and I think the problem too is that if if you are using a hosted solution, your users, like the users on the platform are the biggest risk. Even if, even if the the hosting platform itself is secure, I, I might go and install something like that's malware, right? So... Then to get really secure, you have to lock down all the apps. But then that defeats the purpose of the hosting, which is to have all this flexibility. Right. So,
1: yeah, we did have a few like threats and issues at the firm I'm with now. And what we ended up doing is hiring an audit company that only audits for your IT security levels that came in, gave us a list of recommendations. And now it takes, you know, seven logins to go into (laughs) the software you actually need to use. And if you're an airplane or don't, or internationally, if you're outside the U.S. and don't have service, you cannot work because you can't get into your computer.
0: That happened in my wife's company too. Like she is not allowed anymore. If she travels abroad, she can't work.
1: Yeah, or you, they also removed access to a lot of um, anything that's email related. So you can't go on Gmail to check yeah. your emails because that's, I think, a big threat. Will a user end up downloading an attachment on a personal email? So, yeah, there are ways, but you got to find the right mix.
3: I, I still just don't understand how these jump from one machine to the next machine to the next machine. Like, is that just a fundamental flaw of the hosting companies?
0: Well... I, I, I think they're util. I, I mean, I'm no expert, but I think they're utilizing the same server for multiple firms or multiple, multiple like files, right? Because it wouldn't make sense to have one computer dedicated to just one.
3: Yeah, it's not one physical machine, but right. like I used to work with a lot of VMware back in the, my QA days. Right. And you'd power it off. It would just be like opening a Microsoft Word file typing in it, closing it, opening up another Microsoft Word file, and you'd expect stuff you do on this Microsoft Word file to magically get into the other Microsoft Word right, file. Right. But that's kind of what's happening there,
0: these, these Yeah, there's some there's like something about there's not like enough of a wall between these PC to PC. Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and, and I, I, I suspect they're this is happening because they know that if once they get into one, now they're into four hundred, five hundred, who knows how many. Yep. And do you we have because these companies aren't going to disclose it, it's not like the who was it, Florida, right? that county in Florida paid the ransom. Right. Two weeks ago or, yeah, or so. Yeah,
0: there's a city in Florida. City, yeah. Actually, there's a bunch of cities that have been hacked by ransomware recently. And so some now them, I'm wondering if any of these companies are starting to pay the ransom. I'm Yeah, who
3: knows? Well, that's yeah. a question for uh, the NSYNC president.
0: Yes, oh and, yeah, and the, um, what's his name from NSYNC? <laughs> Not Justin Timberlake, <laughs> right? Uh, Elliot Luchansky, uh, he, uh, I saw that he was online tweeting about this and um, and he has offered to come on the show and oh, talk then yeah and you can ask the question we'll, we'll we'll ask him about this we'll say you know hey what what happened how are you going to stop this in the future he is the uh his twitter profile says leader entrepreneur investor ceo and board member of cloudx a holding company of cloud-based solutions for smbs including insync so he he owns the company that owns in sync. It sounds like
3: I'm sure we'll still be talking about the story next week because, like you said, there's tweets and people are calling out their support. That their support is not giving out um, honest answers still. So,
0: cool. Um, so, what what was next? Uh, free file, right? We're going to talk about that. Should we jump into free file? It's free file, your beat. Want to jump on that? All right. Well, so uh, TurboTax is back in the news. For for our listeners who may not have been following the story, ProPublica has been investigating into it for. Uh, supposedly making it very, very difficult uh, for tax filers to find the free version of TurboTax, the f- version that TurboTax committed to create for the IRS uh, in partnership with them uh, as like a, a deal for the IRS not making its own tax filing software, which they, you know, tax agencies do all over the world, except for here in this country for some reason. So uh, Intuit had this deal and apparently was like hiding and making it very difficult for people to find the truly free version of their product. They even had like different names. One was, what well, there was free edition. tax free edition and tax free file. There was freedom edition and free file. Like it's so difficult. I don't even know the difference to the names. They had names that were almost the same. So basically what happened is, is there's a, another ProPublica follow-up story saying that when the uh, Trump tax cuts came into effect, that... Reduce the number of people that were going to be filing like itemized deductions and all these special forms, right? Because it, what, Jenny, it raised, you're a tax person, right? It raised the, what it?
2: It raised the standard deduction. Okay. Up to, uh, God, if I get this wrong, it's gonna be embarrassing, but like, it's not a test. (laughs) Like, like 12,000. Something. Something. Yeah. Um, so basically it, it took away the exemptions, but if you, It's less likely that you'll itemize because you'll reach that threshold of the the standard deduction.
0: So that's why that was actually a threat to TurboTax because it meant fewer people are filing complicated tax returns. And
3: that's what the ProPublica calls out. like They won't buy the TurboTax deluxe because you don't need all that extra
0: stuff. So what Intuit did is they apparently took a bunch of forms that used to be in the free edition and made them part of the paid edition so that people would have to pay more. Or the people that you know, would continue to have to pay. So,
2: or so yeah. what are those things where you have to pay up front and then you get refunded for it or something like that? Can you, can you say, hey, I qualify as a free filer, please refund me? Yeah,
0: well, so people have been trying to call TurboTax to get refunds mm-hmm. who would have otherwise qualified for free file, true free filing, but were steered into the paid product. And at first, Intuit was giving those refunds. But then they realized that it would be a lot of refunds. And so now they're not doing that.
3: And it looks like ProPublica has another recorded phone call as well. Oh, yes. They, so you'll have to maybe stitch that audio into the podcast. Yeah,
0: that's it. It's, it's, um, some of these phone calls are really interesting um, with the, the, the strategies that TurboTax is using to avoid giving refunds to people. So, I mean, these are people that made like, here's an example of someone who made just over $12,000 as a graduate teaching assistant and had student loans. She began filling in her details on TurboTax, and then in order to get the actual tax break for the student loans, she had to upgrade to TurboTax Deluxe to, com- to claim it. So even though she only had like $12,000 of income.
2: And she was probably only getting a refund because if she was getting paid by W-2, is was getting withheld.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know, I mean.
2: Maybe she was 1099, maybe she had to pay something. She didn't pay estimated.
0: Well, the, the ironic thing is that it cost her more to upgrade and file than the tax deduction oh. was worth. That's always the worst, right? The thing I hate the most about doing my taxes is when I go to all the trouble of itemizing everything and it takes me hours and hours and then it tells me, oh, you're better off just taking the standard. You get nothing. But I still do it just in case. (laughs) Just in case, right? But that's frustrating. Well, let's let's talk about... um, How many firms are using remote access technology, right, Marie?
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting, I would think, especially based on the people we're surrounded with, that everybody is in the cloud. Everyone is using remote access. And reading um, the survey that was um, published by CPA Trend Lines, only 60% of firms employ remote access tools. So what that means is 40% of firms do not remote access into their computer, do not work in the cloud, do not work on online software. So they have to drive to work, to go to their computer station, to use a program installed on their computer only to do any work, whether it's tax audit, accounting. I Yeah, it just blew my mind.
0: I wish my our listeners could see our brains all exploding yeah. right now, right? <laughs>
2: Actually, before I got into public accounting, that's how it worked. And I was in private industry.
0: Oh, yeah. I had
2: everything on my office computer.
0: So would you remote into it? Like if you were at home? Never. Yeah, that's
1: true, actually. When I used to work for Forever 21, we did everything in Excel. And the only accounting software they had was Lawson. So $3.5 billion company running all of their work on two software that were desktop. Wow. Yeah. So, but now we do everything in the cloud, a hundred percent. Like we have two softwares that our firm cannot move in the cloud, which is tracking time and sh- tracking expenses. Mm-hmm. Everything else is pretty much in the cloud, and we our servers are still. We still need to VPN, which that, for the listeners that means I just need to download a program that allows yeah. me to access my computer remotely from home. And
0: that's what we yeah. the survey is talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what right? they're
1: talking, which is the most basic, not first step yeah. from being able to work remotely. But, but if you
3: were 100% cloud, like truly using cloud SaaS apps, if you got if you took that survey, you'd say, I don't do remote access anymore. That's true. So that number could be dubious. It yeah. might not be,
0: 60% might be acceptable. I But I really doubt <laughs> that the other 40% are saying, like, I use all cloud, 100% cloud, yeah. and yeah. I never need to remote. at best, that
3: number is 10% at best. At, at best, best right? right? The people who are 100%. all 100% cloud?
0: I mean, even... Come on, let's be honest. Even the most cloud firms, like yeah. like Marie, you guys are, you know, we're
1: definitely leveraging cloud. Yeah. Like, but we're not a hundred percent cloud based. Right. The biggest, like, there is not one business day where I can be fully in the cloud because I will need to log in to access client files, and that's a remote, you know, login. Which for which I need my phone and I need to be you know, within the U.S. and et cetera. So it's kind of silly. Like there are still a few ways where we can improve on our processes. And, you know, this might be a good point to stop and do the Jeopardy thing where we meet
0: our contestants. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe, Marie, you mentioned your firm. Yeah. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your firm and what you what you do there?
1: Absolutely. Um, so I work for Gerze Schneider. I started working there over six years ago. And about four years ago, started the accounting practice so it was just me with three um tax partners i kind of looked at me we're like okay what do you do and i said well i just do accounting so they said okay go ahead build a practice from scratch so now we're five um we started with online quickbooks well desktop at the but, time so and then online but what we do is cfo outsourcing um cloud accounting which means bookkeeping in the cloud mm-hmm. but we leverage technology to avoid data entry and um a lot of consulting work
0: so five years ago, it was all tax and audit. Five and years ago
1: was uh, all audit. All
0: audit. Yeah. Wow. a full a totally one hundred percent audit firm. Like that. I don't oh no,
1: know. no no no. My my oh, career. Your, your but, career. Um, the firm actually is sixty percent litigation. So if you want to get a divorce no, yeah. and you need a litigator to come and <laughs> investigate how much you or your spouse spent on which credit card, that's what we're excellent oh, at. Oh,
0: so do you, do you get to do those like forensic engagements where you no. like? No.
1: I worked on one, and I have to. Um, Bless the people who work in that department because you have to have amazing human skills to deal with um, customers at the hardest uh, in the hardest phase of their life. Yeah. And um, so, yes, a big chunk of our office works in litigation. But then we have a a small business management department that's more uh, full on like buy houses, handles purchases and sales of assets like A to Z for a customer, including accounting. And we have um, a large tax department. Um, w- and also within that department, we have accounting and tax and, and audit.
0: So, and you guys, you mentioned you're on fully on cloud except for two applications? So
1: only my team. So five okay. of us are fully in the cloud, except the application that allows time entry and expense tracking. And then we have to access all client files on a T drive, like a server. Um, the other departments are not... All in the cloud, but they're moving towards more and more cloud-based accounting, including CCH. I think that tr- has been such a difficult transition because the amount of um, downtime they've had to experience, including during tax season last year, has been painful. I think everybody's trying to do their best and like get to a place where it's smooth. But it takes time. it's
2: also been complicated by the fact that the software had to change drastically because of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, mm-hmm. and yeah. we ended up extending. A greater percentage, I think, than I don't want to say every year before, but it's a lot more extensions. So we have a we have a nice fall busy season ahead of us to look I hope forward it to. Is, can start early. Yeah, yeah, it's starting. It they, we're we're already in it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's like a no downtime year. It's fine. So so Jenny, um,
0: let's talk about the the four day work week, and then we'll, well then then I want to well so, then we'll talk about your background.
2: On USA Today, there was an article, the, the four-day work week, the four-day work week, is this the next big thing? There was a study that, or they, they interviewed a CEO of a Seattle-based design and marketing firm and noticed that the work week, as the work week's logged on, her employees' energy and productivity wilted.
0: That and sounds familiar.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had similar experiences um, where I have all my energy at the beginning of the week, on Monday and Tuesday and by, by Friday, I just want to go home (laughs) and if I get, if I get all my work done, I can do that. But, um, you know, that's just how, how I work personally. So I, I feel very that, that the four day work week could be a big thing if firms or companies allow their employees to work to their strengths and work to their best, how they work, most productively, which could be slamming, you know, ten hours a day into a four-day work week, because I I ended up working more than forty hours a week usually, but just
0: front-ending it. it, yeah,
2: in in the the first half of the week, yeah, and um, and
0: that's what that's one of the that's one of the uh, options that the article highlights is people working ten-hour days, four days, Monday through Thursday, and in being more productive or getting the same amount done right i think
2: you get that kind of senioritis or at least i did on on a friday you think oh it's a friday i can relax someday some fridays are not like that but if it can be wouldn't that be nice
3: it would be, but, look, but the promising part of this to me is if everybody's works Monday through thursday i always love on a friday afternoon email stops all the inbound stops and you get more work done in like four hours on our friday afternoon than you do the rest of the week so if if nobody's working on Friday, that's like a solid eight hours of uninterrupted free work, which would be super productive for everybody. That's true. Everybody should just pretend they work a four-day <laughs> <week.
2: laughs> Right. And
3: just really sneak in that But fit.
2: I, I remember I always got put in a bad mood if someone gave me new work on a Friday afternoon. I was just like,
0: I yeah, gave them the,
2: the dirty look. Like, well,
0: that's, why <laughs> if you, that's why if you're a good manager, you got to schedule that email to go out Monday morning. Right. Instead of Friday at like right. four, if you really
1: wanted to get done. Because
2: then I'd be stressed all weekend thinking, yeah. oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs>
1: well, it is really interesting. We actually love doing that at the firm, too, because it's our way to actually retain the more senior managers that may not be looking forward to becoming partner. Mm-hmm. So the ones that want to grow more into a director track, we have started to offer that. Like you come in Mondays at 11 a.m. and then you take off Friday. That that's way nice. we can, you know, make sure that you can still grow with the firm, but you're obtaining that work-life balance or whatever it is, right? If you want to just work from home half the time, the the owners are really, the partners are really flexible. Do, do, does this impact us
3: with that whole, like, people are obsessed still with that billable hour? like yes. Like,
1: does the mindset, hey, we're going
3: to shift you a four-day work week. and I'm like, hey, that's 10 more hours of a week we could still try to bill for. It. And, like, why don't, like, will they just pretend, everybody will shift, they'll get their, we'll just recreate working 10 hour days instead of eight hour days and everybody working that fifth day for ten hours. The
2: point is if you're burnt out by a certain time, you're not gonna be productive. So there's no point in trying to trying to shove more work into a tired person I guess. Well, but you built for <laughs> okay. it the
0: same. It,
2: yeah. <laughs> the it's clients
0: cool. don't know. And here here let's give some context to this. So I love I love this story, Jenny, because of the, some of the stats in here. First of all, you know, how many Organizations are actually offering four-day work weeks. It's still pretty small, but it's growing. It's 15%, which is more than I thought. That's a lot. Uh, and that's up from 13% in 2017. And then here's the great part. Here we are talking about, oh, four days versus five days versus 40 hours versus 32 hours. Research shows that employees only do about four hours of actual work during the day.
1: <laughs> I wonder if that's true at a CPA firm where they track your your rates and then their comps. Conf- like we get an email once a yeah. once a month with like here is everybody's stats, um, their productivity, and all of it like based on their PTO or no PTO. So there is a pressure, and then we we have during summer month May through about August on the tech side, they do little like. Oh, whoever gets the most hours, or if you get over 120 hours that you build this month, you get a gift card. So there, I think they still push that a lot to make sure that doesn't happen. But it sounds right. Well,
0: I suspect that at a lot of firms, the people who are billing lots of hours are just gaming the system. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And nobody wants to admit it. I can't be the only one who had a really hard time actually keeping track of the work I was doing because I'm going back and forth between you know 20 different clients that I'm managing like I'm not tracking every email I'm sending. That's insane. So I would just, at the end of the day, kind of look at what I had done and just apportion the eight hours into the buckets that I felt were most appropriate. So if like, I had a particularly difficult client and I had enough budget, I would just say, I worked four hours on that, right? <laughs> Jenny, <you laughs> I have put yours. four
2: hours of energy into this client. Yeah,
0: Exactly, right? And it's because it's, it's not how much you're actually working. Now, it's, all of your CPAs. Yes, right. all three of you, right? Yeah. And
3: so it's almost like—is this like an
0: ethical thing? Like, like,
3: like when push <laughs> comes up at the end of the day, like you well, being the cpa are like yeah, you're just winging the time and writing
1: down. I don't think it's fair sometimes to like I try. if as much as possible, if it's a quick call or something, I always tell a client, it doesn't call me because it'll be cheaper, you call me and I fix it now than mm-hmm. if you wait until your end and it takes eight hours and I won't bail for that call. But later on, if I end up doing, we bill by 15 minute increments. So if I end up doing 50 or 55 minutes on a client, of course, I'm going to round it up if we've yeah. been on the phone four times that month. But I'm not going to go and like bill a point two five hour, you know, for yeah. a call. I but, always
2: like to look for efficiencies. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to waste time. And I feel the billable hour is not really an hour that's all billable. No. And but but mine is. I think mine is <laughs> I feel well, like,
3: breaking news. <laughs> I feel like
2: I feel like like my work, if that if that's an hour, that's a true hour. That's yeah. a Yeah. So maybe that'll count for an hour a little change. I don't know. But like um
0: yeah, that's the hard part. Is like I I would work some hour. I would work some hours where I like I'm working on a client. And I'm like, wow, I really didn't accomplish much at all. Yeah. Mostly because I was spending the time learning something. Mm-hmm. So I felt guilty. I, am I supposed to bill for that? Mm-hmm. Well, the firm would say yes, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. And then I would spend another like I would do something for a client that was amazing. Maybe it only took me fifteen minutes, but it was clearly something that would have taken another person at the firm two hours, right? So then I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like it.
2: Well not only do you do our most invoices built on the billable hour and how you you charge your clients based on inputs which is stupid but in order to get evaluated as an employee they look at your your billable hours right. your chargeable hours and I feel like I'm I'm frustrated because I feel like my value isn't related to that at all it's your relationship with the client it's mm-hmm. Are you getting all your work done? Is anybody waiting on you or complaining about you? Or are, do you have the reputation of being lazy? Or
1: you train others, which yeah, is not billable. Yeah, all yeah. Of the time. lots are of lots value? of other factors yeah. that come in.
2: So sometimes it can yeah. be frustrating to be valued on something that on how much time you spend on something. Which, think- if you spend less time on doing the same work, you should be valued
3: more. Yeah, right. Exactly. Eliminate all the. Motivation to be efficient, right, or to get better.
0: Yeah, I actually, J- Jenny, you've heard my story. Uh, I have two stories from my time at our firm, at the firm together. Uh, one w- involved a senior accountant who we got along really well. Like we kind of had the same like let's get things done attitude. This you know screw this administrative crap. And so she showed me her secret timesheet. She had a real she had a, a secret timesheet and her official timesheet. And her secret timesheet was like how much work she actually did. And then she had like a budget of hours that she knew she was allowed to bill to these clients based on the, the the budget that had been established. And so she would just make sure every week that she was billing, you know, up to that budget amount because her her you know her budgeted hours filled the week. Like so,
1: but you kind of lose the purpose of understanding better your profitability on clients or which clients yeah. are you. Sometimes I don't. I know there's certain clients where it's so tight, and I'm just not going to bill for that. I'm just going to eat it. Yeah. and not get paid for it. Because I'm just like, you know what? like I know it's gonna be a write-off, and that's gonna take me an extra 30 minutes at the end of the month to do all my write-offs. I may as well I'm just yeah. not. But then you it lose starts- that sense of, is it a decline and do you need to let them go?
0: Well, what I hate the most is that it just penalizes taking risks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And trying new things. Because most of the time when you try like new technology, you're gonna waste time at the beginning. And so there's like no incentive at a big firm that or any firm where they're primarily measuring you based on your hours to like do any of that stuff because all it does is reduce your hours and make you less efficient in the short.
3: Yeah, because as soon as you figure out how to take an hour, something that took an hour, and you now you know how to do it in six minutes, mm-hmm. right? And now you need to, yeah. that six
0: minute thing against across every
3: client, the firm just lost hundreds lost of revenue. Hundreds of I, revenue. You actually I, lose yeah, I actually, hours.
2: when I see budget numbers for how, how much time I'm supposed to spend on a return, I take that as a challenge. So <laughs> I say, like, oh, this is budget for six hours. I accept your challenge. I will do it in three.
1: <laughs> it's tough the following year. When something yeah. happens,
3: like, no, like, why is
2: it more expensive? They assign it to somebody else. They're like, well, Jenny did it in three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, everybody
0: everybody who follows your footsteps to you probably hates <laughs>
2: Yes, hates that's what you've done. That's my goal.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to make that's everyone fun. hate me.
0: <laughs> so, so,
3: so speaking of billable time, I'm going to make sure I heard you correctly, Marie. You said that um, you still have to do some desktop billing software you have to sign into? Yes,
1: we do. It's called Adderance. The the tough part is because the firm is mainly a litigation firm with a tax department that is growing. I think with time they may be at the same level, but up until now this is a heavily customized software that needs to be set up a certain way so it's for like the a legal, litigation. It's like a legal practice yes, management software. it really looks like that. And so They actually have been going to conference, the IT has been going to conferences and the administration team to see, can we replace that? But it would be half a million dollar investment, not just in terms of software, but training and the costs associated with it. Uh, In my opinion, like, yeah, let's do it. Or (laughs) at least give me the software I can use from my team. So we're not constantly. And it's been painful because if you turn in your timesheet late, you can get penalized. And like financially, penalized? financially penalized. Oh, no. Ooh. Because it's like you have 260 employees in the firm. So you have one HR person that's chasing 260 timesheets at the end of every month that so they eventually had to implement uh, a penalty. But it really affects morale on the team. Like mm-hmm. I've had one employee get dinged uh, $300 because he missed a 0.25 entry. And so it's kind of like,
0: Yeah, that's You see
1: like the pain it creates in your team. And I actually, I was in France to visit family a few years ago and kind of like the same thing, like freaking out. I can't remote log into that software from France because of the Internet speed. And you had to remote into your computer and then from the computer into the software. So it just couldn't hold that. So I had to have my team at the time, my staff, find a way to get it. To get access to my own timesheet so she can do my timesheet for me. So you're literally um, calling in your
0: timesheet. Yeah, or,
1: like it was just like brutal. <laughs> so um, they are trying to implement in the cloud where you could have an access online, but it's still clunky. Like I tried this week and it wasn't working.
0: So Jenny, you and I used to work together at Arminino on the same team in Outsource Accounting. Now you're in tax. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do and your background in, in Arminino?
2: I'm Jenny Tabor. I work for Arminino and I'm a tax senior. And I actually came in as a senior having been promoted from OFA, which is the outsourced finance and accounting department at Arminino. And that was that was my background. I had done accounting in private industry before, monthly financials, monthly clothes, reconciling bank accounts, everything to keep the company going. And I said, I'm in a I'm going for my CPA, I'm at a public accounting firm. I've never done tax. It's yeah. a challenge, yeah. and I'm I'm want to make a move. Seems like a a great place. They they have an internal mobility program there, which is official now. It wasn't official official at the time that I transferred, but ended up transferring to tax. I it's very interesting. It's a totally different part of my brain now. Um,
0: how how is it different than what we were doing at outsourced accounting?
2: Well outsourced accounting, it was kind of busy all the time mm-hmm. in terms of schedule and taxes is more seasonal. So it gets really, really busy and intense twice a year. And then what I did this summer is I went on vacation for the first time.
0: Right. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to do in accounting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause
2: it's, it, if accounting. you're not doing monthly clothes, which is the first end of the month, you're, you have constant, constant work, like yeah. payroll, um, different deadlines that are happening all the time so uh, having someone else help you do your work like like with the timesheets is is a challenge but in tax there are like dead zones mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are very intense busy zones um so that's that's the main difference in terms of the work
0: but you like the challenge you like you there, like having all that work there's always something new yeah
2: and i i enjoy puzzles and figuring out puzzles and figuring out details and things like that. And, uh, so far it's, it's really fun. It works.
0: Well, I think that's all the time we've got today. David, where can people follow you online get in touch with you? I'm at David Leary on Twitter. That's by the easiest. Yeah. And how about you Marie? Where, where can people, where should people connect with you online?
1: I'm on LinkedIn Marie F Phillips, and you can also find me on, um, twitter or any of the social media platforms cool how about you jenny
2: jenny Tabor cpa on linkedin i am not on twitter so don't try to look for me there if someone is there that's not me
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's get you signed up now yeah all <laughs> right thanks so much for uh, joining us today and it was great to see you both in person and uh hope to see you again soon thank thanks. you for having me thanks us. blake and you? Bye. bye everybody bye, bye.